This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle. Please visit them at patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. And speaking of Patchworks, Matthew Picora, a.k.a. EasyBot, past guest on the show, um, he does a lot of videos for Patchworks, and he also runs a cable company called ModBang, and they have the best cables. Uh, it's all I use. They're, they're glow-in-the-dark cables, which is really cool, um, multiple colors. Um, Right-angle cables, which is really cool. Uh, and they also do 3.5 to quarter-inch cables, which is also what I use um, in my home studio and when I'm out in the field uh, using my field recorder. Um, they do dust covers for 6 and 7U cases with rip-stop material, kind of like what you'd have on a really nice jacket or tent. Um, so please go check out modbang.com for your cable and dust cover needs. Welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. Happy New Year. Aren't we just all so happy that 2020 is over? 2021 has, you know, been going so great so far. We hit the reset button. All the bad stuff's behind us. Nothing crazy's going on right now. Nothing weird. Nothing kooky. We do not live in a simulation. Um, I'm really excited to kick this year off with uh, with the return of Gerald Fjord. He, uh, I think he was on well over a year ago um but he's gonna be the first to help try out this uh this kind of new thing i want to do on the show it, it, it actually happened by accident when we had light bath on last um um brian light bath had a, a patch all hooked up and i could actually hear it during the conversation so um you know an hour into the chat we're like hey let's talk about that patch and um i was kind of thinking about how i could get more synth uh, into the actual talking portion of the show because a lot of people have been asking me about that for a long time like an educational side um, so I thought well that was a great that was a great uh, session we did with Brian let's have some return guests come back on I'll have them build a patch specifically for the episode we'll do a little catch up and then we'll go straight into the patch and uh, maybe try to you know learn some of their secrets so we're going to do that with Gerald Fjord here in a moment and if you're not familiar with his music push pause go to Bandcamp, and listen to all of this stuff very very um i would say just high level quality of songwriting production everything it's 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 kind of the stuff that i listen to and then question whether or not i want to record music anymore but it also inspires me so you know the best kind of music to listen to the stuff that first makes you want to quit but then says no i'm not going to quit i'm going to make some good shit but before we get into that i want to say thank you to needham woodworks long running sponsor of the show the finest euro rack cases in the land go check them out at needhamwoodworks.com um and i also want to say thank you to after later audio um they just they had such a great year last year of releasing so many amazing modules and i can tell you right now that this year is going to be even better um, got got some tricks up their sleeves, up my sleeve. We, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but if you if you follow me on Instagram and you know if if you've been on the Discord, you know something cool's coming. It's gonna be a bit though, so I don't want to tease it too much. Um, but yeah, check out they they got the Benjolin V2, which uh, I'm just absolutely 
it's like my top five favorite modules of all time. Um, they just released the Bog, which is um, a take on the Erica synth, Erica synth's take on the um, the Grant Richter Wogglebug. So if you remember um, the uh, Swamp from Erica Synths, it's it's like that but with a couple extra features on it, and it's um it's a lot of fun. If you, if you're into random CV, um, then this is the module for you. The Bog at AfterLaterAudio.com. So yeah, um, I wanted to also to kind of kick off this new idea of the show before we get into our chat with Mike, aka Gerald Fjord. Um, I recent, recently went down to Sisters, Oregon. It's a beautiful mountainous area, it's a very volcanic area of uh, north central Oregon. And um, I brought my synth, of course. I got a new battery pack uh, so I can power my whole 7U make noise case. I got some new modules. Um, and uh, yeah, I shot some video and did a performance. And um, I thought maybe it would be cool if I could walk you through my patch for that performance before we get into this. So we're just gonna have a double dose of um, of synth today. And I, I hope I hope you're you're all good with that. Please let me know if you like this new idea. If I mean, of course, if everybody hates it, we'll go back to the the normal format. Um, but uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of spice things up for me because I've been doing it for almost three years now and for you as listeners. Let's, so we're going to keep the, the interview portion for new guests and I'm still going to have manufacturers on, but I do want to try to get a, good, a healthy amount of return guests and, uh, and pick their brains about how they synth. What are some of their tricks? Um, so yeah, let's get into my patch really quick and then we'll get into our chat with Gerald Fjord. Okay, so this patch is a lot of fun. Um, and I haven't, I just unvelcroed it all. So bear with me as I trace out, uh, you know, what's going on in here. But let me just give you a rundown of what I've got going on. Um, I've got the Bitbox Micro, and I'm just running a really basic sample off of that um, into the, uh, the Instro R-Bar. Um, I've got the, uh, the Morphogene, Benjolin V2 with the Morcom and Enigma um, expansions. So uh, like a random pulse expansion and a random volt. Got the Generate 3, an LFO mode from um, your, your analog. I've got my Gordon mixer that my buddy David Lutz made me. And I've got the uh, Monsoon, the Afterlater Audio Monsoon. Uh, which is a micro clouds, basically. Um, the Chrono Blob 2 for delay. I've got the Bog from After Later Audio. The Tilt from After Later Audio. I'm using the Disting, um, the Ping Pong Delay, uh, the Earthquaker Devices Afterneath, and the 4MS Stereo Triggered Sampler. So that's what's in the case right now. Um, maybe I'll just jam on this for a minute. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to play it all at the end, but I'm just going to walk you through. So... The way uh, the the Benjolin is being used right now is I am uh, I'm actually using the clock from Benjolin for the time in on uh, the bog, and then I'm using the 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 volts output on um, Benjolin to. Actually, don't remember. I have an idea. Okay, it's molted. I believe I am. Oh yeah, I'm controlling the start position of the uh the stereo triggered sampler um so uh, on each each side 
of the stereo triggered sampler. I'm start I'm controlling the start position of the sample with the volts output of um, the Benjamin. So let me get that started really quick. Um, so what I, the whole driving thing of the uh, the patch is the stereo triggered sampler, um, and I have it in looping mode on channel one, and then I have the end of the sample output plugged into the play input of the uh, of sample two. So that's pretty quiet. So what you hear right now is the output of, um, yeah, this, the first sample of, of the, yeah, channel one of the stereo triggered sampler. Um, and then I've got the, the output two playing the same sample and they're both pitched down. Um, and I've got the start position and the length like so short that it's almost granular. Um, so it's going to kind of, hopefully if, uh, I think it's pretty cool when you find out like what the sample actually is. It's it's not what you're expecting. Um, I've got the channel two of the STS going into the filter of Benjolin, and that's going into the delay from um, Disting. What's cool about the filter, uh, so that's the external in for the Benjolin, but I can bring in uh, actually the the pulse the pulse uh, signal from Benjolin into the filter. I can blend it. So that's the oscillator. It's just so low that it's giving you like that click. So you can get that in there and start filtering that. So that's kind of how I started out. Um, Okay, so I've got um, the stereo triggered sampler running into the morphogene, um, and I've already sampled into the morphogene, but I'm just I'm using uh, just the dry signal right now, and I've got those two outputs going into the, um, the after neath and uh, monsoon. So now if I uh, turn over to the, um, the sampled side on Morphogene, you can hear that going through the uh, clouds in the afternoon. Got some cool modulation happening with those. Um, I'm going to turn the wet up on the clouds now. I'm only using the reverb, so let's... side of so <laughs> that's clouds doing its clouds thing with some crazy modulation oh I've got the instro uh, div kit oct as well um, I won't tell you every single modulation point because that would just take way too long okay so let's turn that back down um, I've got the channel one from the STS going into the Chronoblop 2, so you'll start hearing some delay here in a second. So 
So that's kind of just like the real basic side. Um, and then I made something really similar to that cloud sound here. I'll just turn the, the wet on clouds up without the input gain going up so you can just hear what the modulation is doing. Kind of weird, screechy. Wait for it. something a little something to grab onto let me put a little input in there there it goes <laughs> um so i i kind of created something similar on the uh the r bar so let's bring that up and i left that dry just so it'd be in like a stark contrast to um what's going on with clouds through the reverb. So that's just our bar with a total wet signal up. So I'm just, I'm modulating it like crazy, really mangling the, the sample. And I'll show you what the sample is in a second. But let me first add in the clouds stuff. So you're getting kind of that weird screechy um, kind of banshee thing in a, from, from two different places when one has reverb and one doesn't. So that kind of, to me, adds a cool level of like almost confusion and delirium to this. But let's uh, just listen to the dry. This is just the dry um, sample in the uh, intro. That's very similar to this sample that's going into the morphogene. Here, let me turn down the morph. And so what that, what that is, I'll turn that down. Let me turn that down. And all of those are basically, they are recorded from the STS. Um, so let me turn up the STS, the pitch, and uh, get the sample playing for you. So this kind of weird bass line that's carrying us through is actually... <laughs> so it's all the anxiety. Because there's a New Year's patch. So what I do is, in the R-bar and the Morphogene, what I have patched uh, or sampled in that is to turn the length down of the sample and put the start position a little bit, I don't know, like close to noon. And now that volts output is controlling uh, the start position. And now I've got both sides of the STS doing this weird kind of glitchy. So I can speed that up. And now when you pitch that down, just creates this really evil sounding bass, like, yeah, bass line thing. There it is. So uh, why don't I just do a quick little uh, performance of how I intend that to sound. 
and I hope that made sense. I hope that wasn't too hard to follow. Um, be patient with me, because this is going to get really good. This segment is going to be really cool. I think people are going to really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, let me play this for you, and then we'll get uh, to our chat with Gerald Fjord.
Alright, there's my weird cover of Aldang Zine. Um, please visit my YouTube page to see uh, the performance of that out in the wild. It's different from what you just heard. So it's the same patch, but um, actually I think it's quite different. Um, and it's a great video, I think. Got some cool footage uh, in Oregon. Let's talk to Mike. And we're on. Are you recording as well? I am. Sweet, Mr. Fjord. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody called you Mr. Fjord yet? Uh, no, I think that the, <laughs> the closest I get is Jono calling me President, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, coming back on PodMod. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I was. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but I was really excited to uh, have you on as the first uh, the first guest of this kind of new. This kind of new thing I want to try for this year, which happened by accident with Light Bath. Um, and that's, we're going to walk through a patch. I thought it'd be cool to have some past guests on, people that I really like. And honestly, it's a way for me to kind of uh, maybe learn some tricks from some wizards. So what um, you're saying is this is all just a selfish reason just to... 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I should be better at this. Oh, you know what I should do is just have all these people who are really good at it show me <laughs> what they're doing and then... <laughs> no, I, I love the idea. I heard the light bath episode and I, I learned a lot from that myself. So I was excited to, to jump on. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a show about modular pod, modular podcast, modular synthesis. So, uh, I figured we should uh, add some more of that into it. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, obviously one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is cause, uh, uh, I'm a fan of your music and uh, it's been fun to get to know you. We've done quite a few, I think live stream events, through Colorado Modular Synth Society. It's always fun to crack wise with you in the chats and stuff. So, yeah, um, and I'll be on the one with you on this Saturday, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, this Saturday. Well, on Modular World, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess it would have been yeah, last Saturday as you're listening last to Saturday. this. But, and um, do my segment is, on there. Um, wait, are you performing on it? No, no, no. Every, uh, we just started, I think, two, two, two Modular Worlds ago. Uh, we got Gerald's. Well, it's Gerald's gear, but it's Gerald, Gerald's Gajir is how he spells it. <laughs> of course, that's Jono. But um, yeah, I, I've been, uh, we, we just started that and he wanted to add some more segments and he asked me to come on. So I just go on there every once, or actually every episode now, and usually do some kind of patch similar to what we're doing today and just kind of walk something through that I've either been doing recently or a module that I like and uh, just kind of show, showcase that. Okay, very cool. Um, so when you first came on, you ha uh, had just released or just about to release Good Morning Midnight, and mm -hmm. um, and then Signals came after that, and then you have recently, somewhat recently, it's been a few months, um, re released Receiver, and it was a track off of Receiver that was played uh, when we did a, a listening party the last time we did one of the CMSS Bandcamp listener parties. Um, I just li I, one of those tracks that we played off of that. Um, I was just like, holy shit. Like, cause I've given you shit, I've given you shit about <laughs> having so much stuff. Everybody um, does. And, it's fine. <laughs> and every, yeah, I think everybody kind of does because if anybody has seen your videos, you have quite an impressive studio. Um, and I know some people have a lot of stuff and maybe don't utilize it. Um, and you are the opposite of that. Like after hearing, seeing your studio and listening to your music, it makes sense. You're like, you're fully utilizing the gear like you're you're not you're not just a collector of gear you you get stuff in you well and full, you put fully it is use. a big word i don't i wouldn't say fully but i'm i'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm utilizing a good 70 percent of it <laughs> yeah well i mean that, and that's i think that's impressive um 
so yeah, after, after that, I know, I know you're not purely modular, um, but um, I don't know. I don't know what exactly your process is. And uh, yeah, I thought that would be a good place to start. Um, so I asked you to get something patched up that you thought was pretty representative of your style. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'll just let you talk for a minute about what you prepared for us. And if you have anything to say about, do you have any, uh, do you have something that you would call like your specific style or, or um, patching philosophy or anything like that? I, I kind of go into it and in, uh, pretty much I think through about three different ways and there's obviously a million variances in between those different ways but right right when I'm looking at it I mean I would say I'm definitely a primarily a modular artist I 80 percent of the music is is modular there's some samples a lot of times I'll either create those samples or sometimes if I'm just you know trying to speed through things and I find a really a sample I really like I'll I'll get that and just put that through the uh black box uh 1010 black Mm box and other than that, I mean, sometimes I'll add some guitar. Sometimes I'll, I'll use a VST to, to play a, like a, a piano because I can't. I still can't get a great piano like content <laughs> piano song sound out of the modular, even with all that. Um, but when I when I kind of go out, approach it, I, it's usually going at it with one of a few different ways. I'll, I'll either just find either create a sample or find a sample that I like, and I want to start with that. And then I'll base everything around that. So then I'll take either, uh, you know, write the drum track around that or, or use my sequencer and sequence something around that particular sample. And I think even off the last two albums, Signals and Receiver, at least half of it was based off of live performance sets. So, you know, uh, Pauly was off of the Colorado Modular Synth Society uh, festival from last year and I created you know a 15 minute piece and I, I chopped it down to four or five minutes and then um, uh, uh, the second song on the album I can't even remember the name now, but the second song on the album was from New York Modular Synth Society's uh, one of their one of their live streams and again that was like 15 minutes long and so a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll go in with because this is what I'm doing I'm doing a live stream or I'm just patching and I'll create a uh, something that I can do in a 15 minute span and it gives it a totally different feel. And that's what kind of like, I, I love that about it. And my second album, you'll hear on the last two or three songs, there's some bonus tracks, which are actually the actual recordings from the live performances. And they're totally different because hearing it in three or four minutes, you're missing out on some of the, the feeling of the build and the change that, that comes throughout it. Whereas the, the recordings are more for me, like, the pop mentality of I'm going to keep it between four or five minutes uh, so you can hear everything, move on to the next one. And Mm -hmm. I'll take those long, long forms and then just chop them down. So I'll do that in the modular. If I do it that way, where I record these 15 minute sets and that's all just obviously live. And that's just a left, right recording out into the um, wherever I'm streaming. And then when I want to go back, I'll take it and I'll just take pieces and I'll, I'll chop it up. And so, Sorry. So the no, track on the al- the tracks on the albums aren't from the same recording of the live stream. You you keep no. it patched and then go back and record it again, or do you record it first? Or I guess that probably doesn't really matter. But no, yeah, totally it, separate. I th- I think um, yeah. In every case, it's me recording. I, I put it together. I do the live stream, and then before I tear it down, I'm like, okay, do I want to turn this into a song for an album? Yes. Then if so, I will just start recording either um, 
right now I got the WMD uh, performance mixer and we'll either just perform it again and record every track out of the DB25s uh, so that I have them all separated and then I can go back in there and add, cut, do whatever I want to. Uh, sometimes I'll just, if I'm using a lot of these um, auxiliary effects, then do that each individual track because sometimes I, I do like performing it but I know that I'm going to chop it. So a lot of times I'll just use the DB25, uh, or sorry, um, the, the the stereo mix, and record you know just one part. Maybe it's the drums. And I know I'm going to chop that up a bit, but I want to play to the shorter section and see how that feels. So I'll just play the next one through uh, you know the, the next lead line or the next uh, pad or whatever it is, all separate, and then kind of just repeat it over and over again and get a feel for what I want and recording it within a five-minute span and then go in and chop that up. Okay, so when you say go in and chop it up, you're you're doing a take, you know, a multi-track take, like you just explained. But then after you're kind of going in with a, with a producer's precision knife, and maybe if okay, this part went ten seconds too long or ten seconds too short, you'll maybe like cut and cut and paste stuff or cut some pieces out or just kind of like dial it into taste the way you would in like in like a traditional DAW music. Yeah, and I've done it all different ways, and again, there's not really one right or wrong way or one way that I do it. I've done it to where I like the take, and it has the great feel to it, but in most cases, there's going to be some part where I <laughs> turn the modulation way too 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 much or something, and so then I'm probably just going to cut that out and then loop the, the previous eight bars over that, that section, and that also gives it some cohesiveness, especially for the type of down-tempo, mod-bap, whatever thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it to get that looping sound. So sometimes it's just a matter of doing a lot over an extended period of time and finding those best parts or doing a shorter one with minimal changes, thinking that this is really what the recording is going to be. And then maybe a few edits here and there if I don't like the drop or the transition mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask another question that um, definitely I can say will probably certainly not probably certainly i haven't interviewed anybody in a while um (laughs) i can't imagine that this is going to have one answer but i'm just curious like maybe just like on an average walk me through say you want to create a track but you also have a live performance coming up for a live stream or something start to finish you know like how how long does it take to patch how long does it take how long does it stay patched and how long do you leave it patched for the recording process this is something I'm really fascinated with because I just tear shit apart probably faster than anybody else I know, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be more patient with myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's benefit to, to that too because I've been doing that more than ever. Like, obviously, when anybody gets started, that's the whole. Let me get past that portion of it, which is we, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've talked about it before. It's the, it's the freeing aspect of it as well that you get to pull everything and start from scratch, and it's it's done, it's gone. If you didn't record it, oh well, it's it's not never mm-hmm. coming back ever again. And when when I'm p- creating a patch, I'll lately, especially when I'm trying to learn either gear or concepts, I will patch so quickly now. Like uh, now that I have a better comprehension of just how the, all this works. I, mm-hmm. I don't leave anything patched in. I start from scratch, and I'll just start plugging, 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 and I'll get something going, and it'll be really good, and I'll be like, cool, that's great. All right, <laughs> pull it all out, and let's you start know, again. I, I, I've, I recently, so like all summer, I've been patching on this 4U case with because I've been just doing like battery-powered stuff and just super, super limited amount of no- modules, um, and I finally got this new battery set up, 
to where I can power my 7U case. So I've, I spent, you know, months basically almost exclusively using this tiny system. And I feel like the absence of the stuff that I wanted made me bet. Like, so when I got back into the 7U environment, I felt like, oh my God, I'm way better at this now. Yeah. Like I could manage more because I used less and I was, and, and it was like, because, because I felt so limited and knew what I wanted, I could build that next bigger setup like a little easier. And, um, yeah, I don't know why I don't, something you said reminded me of that. It's just like, I, it's, I guess it's just experience, you know, the more you do it, the, the, the faster and better you get at it. But it was kind of weird to me to think like, how could I have gotten better at patching a bigger system but by I- using a smaller system? I agree with that 100%. And that's one thing that I've been missing is, is you, I mean, not really, you know, it's not tiny. It's 124 was my previous one and that, or one of them. And I missed that. And I've been kind of using that as a secondary case at, at some times. But w- what I realized through moving to this 1,379 HP monster case. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say that one more time. 1,379 <laughs> HP monster case from ADAC. <laughs> <laughs> it, it 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 wasn't. It, I, I I had that that fear at the beginning because I was like, okay, now I, I've gone too far. <laughs> like this is gonna mess me up. Like this is not gonna be good. But I, I realized I I don't have to look at it like that. I I can look at this just like it's my smaller case and only use x amount of modules. I, I don't have to use every single one and every single patch, obviously. But I but I can also just. It, the only difference is just remembering where it's located or what right, I, what's right. in there, what I have, <laughs> and how I want to how I want to do it. That that is easier in a small case because it's all right in front of you, mm-hmm. and it's still right in front of you. But and once you you know get comfortable with your case and you know where everything's at, then that's where my patches are. Like I I don't I might I might have five voices in here, but I'm only going to use two of them for this track right. that I'm doing. Oh uh, yeah. So that that leads me to my next question about this giant setup, and it's something that I've tried to do and I've never done it successfully with my um you know i've got 15 u i don't know what the hp count on it is but there it's 120 times fi- uh, five um but i've always tried to set it up in a way where i'm like okay well i can do you know this chunk will be a part of like the lower left you know x amount of hp and u is going to be for one patch and, and try to parse it out in different like mini systems and i've yeah. never successfully done that do you try to approach it that way or do you just kind of like I sort of did when I was first set, like I first got it, and then I was going to, the bottom row is performance, the bottom two rows underneath that are going to be modulation, then the voices, and then effects at the top, and so it wasn't really mini systems within it, it was just more sectioned out for me. Um, I I have thought about going back and putting, you know, this row is going to be a voice, and mm-hmm. but I don't. But I'm afraid I'm going to confine myself to that, and which I found myself self doing sometimes is I'm only using this filter on there because it happens to be right next to it, and I forget this filter over here. You know, 20 HP right, 20 HP up. That's a different filter. I can use that one, and so uh-huh. let me go over there and and, and do that one. Um, but I think the the idea of that is not bad. I, I think for me right now is I I just I. I hold on. There's certain modules I hold on to, other ones. And so as I've got, I think it's been almost a year since I've had this now, maybe not quite that long, but I I end up just getting new stuff and then I put it wherever it fits. Okay. Yeah. I I think 
I, I keep telling myself I'm going to give up on the whole trying to organize and it just never, it never works. I'll, I'll, I'll spend all this time. I like, I reorganize all my cases like almost constantly and it's just, it's getting annoying, but it's like, I, I think I have this idea that I'm going to build the, the Tim held music easel. And <laughs> <laughs> I just can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, I thought you were just going to say, and I, I, I think I'm just going to give up. I'm like, hey, man, I, me too. I feel like that all the fucking time. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so like uh, going back to the, the, my, my question a few minutes ago, like how long does it, like say the patch that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, how, long, how long have you spent, how long did you spend building it? How long has it been patched? And then how long do you spend like practicing it before you're going to like commit it or something? So this this one was um, last Saturday. I, I it was about an hour, um, two hours, just playing with it. Didn't need to take that long. Um, I was just playing with different ideas. A lot of a lot of what I've been doing recently is playing with the ideas of animating a track, uh, a track, a track, a track, <laughs> animating a track through um, modulation, obviously. But uh, I got the Maestro recently, and that's really kind of opened up that. And then mixing it with things that I used to utilize in the past, like the Frap, tool, Frap Tools Sapel for uh, random modulation. Um, and the Fumana I've had for a while and just playing with that. So a lot of that time was not really patching. This is a pretty minimal patch. It's three voices and it's just a, the concept and a, a basic idea. At this point, I just haven't, I haven't done anything throughout the entire week. So that's why it's still patched. And also because I knew we'd be talking about this. So uh-huh. I, didn't, I, I didn't pull the, the patch, but... I, if I find something I like, and, and this one's a little bit different, so just to go back to kind of um, talking about different approaches, is a lot of times I'll approach it like I need to make this melody, or let's say, and I, I will set it up, and before I start playing with it, I'll already have the envelopes in there, I'll already have how you know snappy I want it, the, it to be or something like that, and this one I, I, I felt I, I'm going to approach this a little bit differently, and... I, I didn't put a sequence in. I, all I wanted was the, the whatever the voice was that I was using, and in this case, it was the um, WTF oscillator from Dove, Dove Audio, and no modulation through that. Just just the 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 the, 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 the you know by itself, no sequence going through it, and let me just animate it and see how interesting I can get it, and then at that point decide and I haven't done this yet, but if I want to continue to use this patch, now I'll decide, okay, great, I like it like this, but if in order for that animation to be interesting, those envelopes need to be this long on on it, the sequence, or I'll just leave it as a drone, like kind of what it is now. Um, But yeah, so it was just kind of, it's kind of, it was interesting for me to to put that together because a lot of times I'll I'll just say, like, the first thing I got to do is sequence the notes. And I, I think that for me, I get most frustrated more than anything else when I'm just sequencing just a oscillator and just the VCA envelope into my mixer, and it's, it's go, it takes me back to my guitar days, I <laughs> suck at playing guitar. And if I was just trying to go straight through the amp and just play something, it would sound uh, like crap. I need all my effects. I need all my modulation, my pedals, everything else that's going along with it. And so I would give up on, on creating a patch because I'd be like, this sucks. And, but then the ones that I would stick through and say, no, I'm going to make it work. After I put everything else through it, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm using this. Yeah. I, I have actually have I, – I have such a – well – 
I don't know if it's that I have a hard time. I just don't have a good time trying to sequence notes in an yeah. oscillator. Like, it's it's. I feel like it's it's really not all that fun, and so I just don't really do it anymore. I agree. Um, I use. I was beating myself up for it a long time, and I was like, well, that's that's just not really the music that I'm gonna make. If I really need a mel- melodic line, I have an external synth, um, and I can hook it up with MIDI, um, or I'll play guitar. Um, but yeah, lately I've just been like sampler, sampler and drum machine guy. Like yeah. that's been, that's been where I want to go. Cause I want to have fun when I do it. So, but, okay. uh, I think one of the, yeah. one of the things you, that, that works for me is that ultimately maybe I do want to see, ha- have a, a particular sequence. So I might go back to that, but the, the whole point of, of getting there is just annoying. So <laughs> I'll run it through, uh, what, you know, grayscale permutation, what is what I have, but you can, you know, anything Turing machine, anything that generates melodies. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, it's going through Symphonian, so it's all put together, but it, it becomes, I, I'll just start with that. And may, a lot of times I'll, I'll love the melody it makes and I'll just keep that, but maybe it's not that maybe I'm just utilizing that for nothing else than to get the signal of the, uh, where I want the oscillator, the filter, the modulation, what effects I want mm-hmm. going with that. Now it sounds great. Now I'm going to take out the uh, the grayscale permutation, and now I'm going to put my 512 in, and I'm going to actually pick out the scale that I want and everything else and actually write the sequence. Mm-hmm. And if I, if it sounds great at that point, then it, it becomes easier to write it the way that... Because I, I think where I used to fail a lot is I would try to write the sequence first. And mm-hmm. once you add everything else, it doesn't sound the same. But if mm-hmm. I have this cool thing where, you know, the on the third bar, the note's going to be extended and dip down and there's going to be a delay and that's going to break up, well, that's going to change the entire sequence or how I, totally. how I approach it. So that's been pretty eye-opening for me. My secret plan has already worked because I'm like, oh, if I ever want to write a sequence, that's, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Cause I have this, like, I'll just sit there with an oscillator and a VCA and I'll be like, this sounds like dong, 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 yeah. dong, dong, right. dong, dong. And I'm like, this isn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, on the, I, I want to, uh, one more question and then we'll, let's dive into this patch. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm curious, like, do you have like a, is there a favorite, do you have a favorite thing you like to patch up? Um, like, are you, are you like, let's say CV drums effects, melody drone like is any like like which one do i like to to do first yeah is there is there anything that you feel like is like you get the most joy out of patching oh so not not first just in general um Mm -hmm. both first and and in general yeah well usually in the step that i'm uh, i'm going on like i said i'll it it depends i'll take two different approaches i'll either try to start with a a sound and that's similar to what we're going to hear here in a second where now it used to be me just trying to find the melody first, and then that was to me wrong for just for me. And now it's going to be finding the right animation to the track, the right tones, the right effects going through it, and then finding the sounds or the, the sequence that I want to go with it. But there's there's a lot of times where I'll, I'll say I'm just going to write a drum track, and I've been doing that a lot lately. Not so much just a standard drum track, but um, I'm I'm having a lot of fun lately going through some stupidly complex like not not sequencing it just (laughs) running it through when you have a big system you can 
use this just for this and just you know just for this uh-huh. one rim shot and like you know have right. that rim shot do this crazy thing that you couldn't do otherwise and you don't want it to do it to the other stuff you want it to do it just that you can never do that with a small system so i'm mm-hmm. trying to find the, the advantages of of having the big system because i'm all for the the concentrated small system utilizing what you have and getting the most out of it understanding it all um but I'm trying to do the opposite because I have a big system. So I'm trying to figure out what are the advantages to doing that. And that's what I've found. So, yeah. And I think something, I think I've, I've just, I've heard it a lot. There's a lot of people and I, and I've said it before too, like, you know, it's not about having a big system. It's about get to know the things you have. But like, I think there's been kind of this weird stigma put on having a lot that I think is unfair and not, and not right. <laughs> um, because the more the more stuff you have, the more you can do. So you can just make really more, way more flesh sounding things. Size like to, matters. If, if that's how you want to approach it. So I I I just want to say right now, maybe it's just in my head, but I want to stop the shaming of of big system. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. Cause I get shamed all the time. But yeah, no, no, I I I I do totally. I, I think there's a huge purpose to a small system, and uh, and I love it, and I I know I have another I have another case and i have several different size cases and like you you know i'm trying to do more of the um traveling and not traveling but going outdoors and things like that i, I have the mm-hmm. same anywhere um poly end battery supply i just haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to really utilize it but uh, that, i mean for for one that's a reason in itself but to really sit down and, and learn a few different th- techniques or modules or things like that but to me the one thing that i really have recently learned just just very recently when i was starting to get worried that the, i got too big of a case is that <laughs> it's just a bunch of small cases just focus on whatever you're using you don't have to use everything every single time but the great thing is i also don't have to go digging through my closet and saying all right let's let's swap some stuff out and then that's the only thing i'm going to be using I can, mm-hmm. I, I, I know what I have. I know what I like to, how I like to utilize it and just go with it. Yeah. And I think just one more thing in, in favor of having a lot of stuff, um, is once you kind of like, it's pretty exciting and you get kind of gear hungry when you first get into it and you want all the stuff. Once you kind of have had a lot of stuff at one point in time, you do get over that. Like, I feel like I don't lust for gear as much and I don't feel the pressure to try to have to use everything in a small case. You know, I don't think about like, Oh, I still have this open. Where could I plug it in? It's more like, well, does it sound good? Could that, do I need that? Could it serve the patch? So. Yeah. No, I mean, that, one of the van- big advantages that I, cause I, I didn't have any <laughs> um, ability to stop myself from purchasing what I wanted, but <laughs> I, I, I hear it all the time <laughs> and uh-huh. just, and I, I have utilized it more recently is like, all right, so I, I don't need that to accomplish this. I have all of this. How do I accomplish that with this? And there's ways to do it. And there's always, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's tons of things. And, uh, you know, I think for me, I, I, I it's not about, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I still have lust of gear. I still have gas. I still want to, mm-hmm. I still see things that I do and I'm, I'm doing a big sell off right now and I'm going to continue to try to, to reduce the amount and make sure I learn what I have and blah, blah, blah. Right. I sound like my mom telling me. Well, what I wanted to, maybe we should do, uh, <laughs> maybe like a check-in in a few months, uh, with your polyin system. I'm, I'm curious to what, to see what you choose to pick in, put in there and, uh, yeah. and how you feel about it. Yeah. Um, but let's dive into this patch that we, Sounds that good. you patched up for us. All right. Well, I just lost the arm of my mic, so give me one. 
may have to be the first edit. Edit point. <laughs> All right, while Mr. Fjord gets his microphone stand in order, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has supported me on Patreon. It has been instrumental in keeping the show going in its current form, and I'm hoping to, uh, to uh, continue to grow my patronage on Patreon. And if you're like me, you listen to podcasts that you love, and you think, I'm going to become a Patreon subscriber. i got to remember to do that later on. Um, and then you then you forget. And then you listen to the next week's episode. You're like, ah, I got it. And then that could go on for months. So if you're one of those people, just quickly hit pause. There's a link in the show description. Just head on over. It costs you for the amount that you'd pay a day for a morning coffee cup. You get four episodes of Podular Modcast, which you can get without. But anyway, so you'll get some bonus content. Um, yeah, let's, I really, like, seriously, let's get, to, can I get to 200 Patreon subscribers in 2021? That's my goal. And I need you. We have to do this together. Patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. I tell you what, before we get back into this episode, how about I do a little demo uh, from a ritual electronics module. All right, we're going to talk about Alter from Ritual Electronics. It has some pretty awesome features. It's a filter, for one, um, and it can be a bandpass filter, a low-pass, or a high-pass filter. Um, but what is really unique about it is this color knob. Rather than having a switch that switches between the different modes or having multiple outputs, there's just one output, and this color knob can crossfade between the, uh, the different filter types. And that is where the magic lies in this thing. There's also a couple other really cool features. Um, one is, uh, there's, there's a, you know, of course the frequency input to control the filter, but there's also one volt per octave input. So, um, yeah, you can get that resonance tracking one volt per octave. Um, and then of course there's a resonance input and then there's a CV input for this color that I was speaking of. Um, and what I really like about it, um, that I don't see a whole lot on on uh, modules, but I really like it just because I mess with different um, signal levels, is there's a gain knob for your input. So that's really fun. Let's just check out um, what signal I'm gonna be feeding into the filter first. This is coming from the Chainsaw from Acid Rain Technology. We know and love the Chainsaw. Super saw and super square um, wave oscillator with three uh, one volt per octave input so you can do chord stuff or multi melody stuff so i've just got two random voltages being quantized going into that so let's just check out what that sounds like pretty fun so i have a super song and i'm going to blend the super or no this is a detune i'm detuning detuning the oscillators here Okay, so there is what is going to be going through the filter. So let's bring up the filter in the mix. I'm going to start with a low-pass mode. So just a really quick, basic filter sweep. So that's with uh, resonance and gain at noon. I'm going to put the gain all the way up and just turn that resonance up a little bit so you can start hearing that character. All right, let's check out the high pass mode. 
I'm going to slowly turn from uh, the low pass to high pass mode and I'll put the frequency at 50% so you can hear that transition. Here it's kind of blending the two filter types together and then I get all the way over to high pass mode. And I think the resonance sounds really good here so I'm going to turn that up to like 70%. Let's get that resonance oscillating a little, just a little bit. Let's take it to the edge. That's just so clean. I gotta say also this, um, the frequency knob kind of looks like a Babadook top hat. It's just this huge knob and it's just like, it's an absolute joy to turn. Um, as I mentioned last week, the, uh, the construction of these modules from Ritual Electronics is just fantastic. Okay, let's bring this um, resonance back down to, to uh, 50%. I'm gonna bring the frequency to 50%. And now, so I'm at counterclockwise, or I'm at all the way uh, clockwise in low high pass mode, and I'm gonna slowly turn over to band pass mode, which is counterclockwise. Um, so I'm gonna pass from high pass to blend with low pass to low pass to then blend between low pass and band pass. I'm just figuring out or realizing now that you probably won't hear much of a transition between the low pass and band pass with a frequency at 50%. A little bit. Let's turn this frequency up a little bit. So there you go. It's a little more dramatic if you have the frequency up just a little bit past 50% and going from low pass to band pass. So that's pretty cool. All right, let's uh, bring this, uh, let's just see the whole range of this, uh, this band pass. So I'm all the way uh, down counterclockwise and let's just bring that all the way up in the frequency. Very nice. Let's bring that resonance up a little bit and go back all the way up. Okay, so that's just like the basic rundown. Um, and uh, let's throw some CV into it and just kind of have some fun with this patch um, because that's where it really, really shines with um, blending the right... Uh, blending the right CV in with the frequency input um, and the color can give you some um, pretty unique stuff that doesn't sound quite like uh, any other filter that I have in my in my uh, repertoire here at Podmod headquarters. Okay, so I wanted to throw um, a patch together that kind of like bombastically showed off the CV options. Um, so it's, it's all very obvious sounding, um, what's going on. Um, so yeah, I've got this, this really long slope going into the color input, CV input, and there is an attenuator, attenuverter, actually for all the CV inputs, except for the one volt per octave, which you don't need. Um, 
So I'm basically just doing a really long sweep between the two. How about I just take out all the other CV? Turn the resonance down. So I've got the frequency at um, the center position, and now I'm just sending a really long slope going between the two. Um, I'll turn that CV off. This is what's going on with the, the, the frequency in uh, bandpass mode. I'll turn that off, and then this is what's going on with the resonance. So all together, There is an art to uh, getting the right CV, um, working together with uh, the frequency and the color knob. Um, so that takes a little time. So I just wanted, like I said, to give you kind of like um, really out in front, overt examples of these CV all working together. Um, but in my few days of experimentation with this thing, there is some very subtle, beautiful stuff you can get into. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you some of that. Um, in the, the upcoming demos of this, but I just wanted to get that out in the front to show you that there's a lot of functionality um, and just the sound of this filter is great. So uh, yeah, go check out Ritual Electronics, the altar. All right, I was going to stop the demo, but basically what I just did is just inverted everything that was going on. All the CV that was happening, I just inverted. Um, so I actually think it sounds cooler this way. Much cooler, right? Ooh, that's a little intense. But again, really fun filter, Ritual Electronics. Yeah, so we're going to have a couple things going on right here. Do you want me to describe it first or just kind of go into yeah, it? Yeah, kind of whatever you want. Like um yeah. if yeah, if you have if you have anything you want to say about it going into it, if it's a specific style or or a specific technique that you employed or anything like that. Yeah, so with this with this patch uh, again just threw it together on Saturday, an hour or two. Um wanted to kind of focus on a different little bit of way of doing things. And with this, I wanted to just a lot of times I will sequence first and I didn't want to do that. I, so I, I didn't plug any sequence in. I just took a regular drone basically sound. So what I'm going to do is show where it started. I pull out the vault per octave on this one. And I think this one is 10. So I just wanted to see where the animation would go with it. And on this one, I have the maestro... Um, and a couple things from Sapel doing some random. And so I was just working with that. It's going through the, it's the WTF oscillator, going through the Fumana, through the uh, Make Noise Mimeophone, which also mm -hmm. has a little bit of modulation as well. 
and then that's what we're hearing right here. So this is just one portion of it, and I just wanted to see what that would do on its own before I started putting in a sequence, and then I went back and plugged the vault per octave in. And so I thought it was an interesting way to kind of find a, you know, really how the animation is going to work with it. So it's still a little bit all over the place in a, in a lot of ways, but I think that at this point I would determine whether how I want to utilize it, whether it's an underlining drone layer or whatever, um, or I would use an envelope and another VCA to make it more of a melodic line with the animation involved. So I took that and then I was like, okay, well, what else can we do here? I added the, uh, let's see. this voice is the uh, Qubit Surface and have that going through the uh, Modbat Performer and have some auto, um, everything going on through there. And then that adds the higher end that you'll hear coming in in a second. So almost some harmonics. Um, a lot of that's coming through the ECR1 Eurorack Convolver, the Tasty Chip Electronics. Uh, so that's giving it some really nice harmonics on the higher end of it. And then I said, okay, you, what else? Go ahead. Could you take the what the WTF out really quick so we yeah. can just hear the surface? Okay, okay. Nice. So Sorry that, to interrupt you. No, that's great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so with that one, I have the ECR1, which is the Eurorack Convolver uh, reverb. So that, that's doing, kind of giving it more of the harmonic rather than just the straight sound that the surface is providing. So uh -huh. I, I think with a layer, how how thick that last layer was, this just adds a nice high end to it with the harmonics. Mm -hmm. And then if I turn that one off too. We stopped my mic. All right. So, uh, and then finally, for the third one, we have the Instruos. Uh, I, I pronounced all their modules wrong. Is it the Psych? I think everybody does. Psych? I don't know. S A I C H, whatever that is. So, the chord module that they have. So, I, I'm using their chord module um, and have that one going through a VCA that, so that it's not just a envelope that's putting it in. I have some random fluctuation voltage from the Sapel going through that and that one is going through the or actually that's the one that's going through the uh, Modbap performer and so that by itself sounds like this oh so that's that, nice so that tape stop is just sequenced in with the performer I, I really want one of those performers And then so, if I put them all together, you're going to get this. Oh man, I love that tape stop.
a real. So when you go ahead, you build something like this, it's it's um, you know it's doing really interesting things on its own. Like, do you like have you did you leave any room in there for yourself to play and perform? Like, and do you like, and if so, do you have kind of like a um, a section of of um, I guess section of synthesis, whether it be modulation or messing with effects or anything? Like, what do you like to perform? Yeah, manually. So with this, I, I, like this was the sketch, I guess you could say. So an mm-hmm. hour or two, just to kind of find a base that I would want to start with if I was going to start a track. And I, I kind of like this, so I may actually turn this into a track. But I think that um, the way that I have it set up here is this is the base. I I don't know if I would use all of the automation or animation that I have going on with the modulation mm-hmm. Because it is kind of sporadic, it is random, and if it depends what kind of track I'm going for. But I, I often, very often, use um, the catalyst. Uh, it's kind of the. It's the one with the fader, and you can control back and forth going through, um, and also, of course, the IntelliGel Planar too. So mm-hmm. I use a lot of those types. Um, another. Another one that I'm using right now is the Softwire Press. Softwire makes a lot of cool hands-on stuff, and this okay. one is like a almost like oh, a whoa. keyboard where you, it's just a piece of wood, and you push it down, and you control the through and the gate and do all these different things. Um, so I do enjoy the hands-on aspect of it, and a lot of times I'll start with the automation just so I can see what or get a feel for what's going on, and then I'll determine what's too much and maybe mm-hmm. or what I want to control live. And then I'll switch those over to the Catalyst, the Planar 2, the PolyN preset, or the Softwire Press, um, just any kind of modules like that. And then I can do, be a little bit more performance-oriented with this particular patch. And again, like this is just the, the base layer. So at this point, I would, um, I think you actually you can hear, I started, started to do this, but... started to add some you know some drums there and and that 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 drum is just really basic so what i would do is determine if i like that that drum beat and then i would go through the more uh excruciating process of taking every drum sound and running it through some kind of different uh either effect or modulation or something like that um and yeah going from there and then building it around that so a lot of times i'll take that and if i am doing a drum track this may not be a drum track but if i did do a drum track with it, then I probably would take some of those sounds, whether it be the the the, the um, chords that are happening or the WTF oscillator that's happening, and probably do a lot more subtractive synthesis and take a lot more out. So I, I like to start really heavy-handed and then just mm-hmm. find more and more things that I can cut out to make it more interesting and more dynamic. Okay, yeah, I like that approach. I think I kind of do. I used to do that a lot when I was doing a lot of DAW stuff, like just record a, a bunch of stuff and then like try to carve it out with EQing and everything. And um, my my thing that I was never good at is uh, I, I got too attached to things, and I think modulars made me be less attached to things. So <laughs> I thought everything I recorded was worth keeping. Um, and now that I listen to it, you know, six seven years later, I'm like, nah, I could have cut that part. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I, 
I, a lot of times that that's what halts me from moving on to the next what could be because I'm well I, re- I like how it sounds right now if I do something I'm not going to like it anymore I'm, I'm yeah. going to mess it up and so I should probably just leave it but I've I've, I've gotten <laughs> comfortable with with that being okay and you know I kind of approach it a lot of times like you know when you see there's different types of painters and there's, there's people that paint that will just do line drawings and things like that and there's other ones mm-hmm. that will just cover their entire canvas in one color and then an enti- entire another cover- color and move that and cu- in a sense subtract the other color from what they're doing by the way mm-hmm. they're moving it and I've enjoyed that approach lately that's just uh, my approach changes but lately that's what I've enjoyed doing is just throwing everything out there and then just cutting it down until I find okay that's cool groove or that's a cool way to let this portion shine by cutting out you know the VCA at this point whatever it is mm-hmm. Right. So can I put you on the spot here really quick? Sure. Can you maybe like do a little like annotated performance of this kind of like, and maybe say, and and if you notice anything like, Oh, I tend to do something like this and you don't have to give away all your secrets. And I know I am putting you on the spot here, but just kind of like play through it. And, uh, you know, if anything comes into mind, you can explain what you're doing when you're doing it or, Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have it set up to actually have the controlling parts of it, but I can do some changes and if they, if they turn or out Or you well, could even, can, yeah, or say, and this is where I would, I, maybe I'd put a control, this control here or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, I mean, before we get started, I, I probably would, um, what, what I'm going to do because it's already set up like this is probably change some chains on the maestro so that we have some different variation going on through the WTF oscillator um, and also through the Fumana. And then I'll probably do some, the one thing I do have hooked up that I can hold and actually perform live is the performer. Uh, of course, I have, <laughs> I forget that I can turn every knob too. So <laughs> I, I, don't need, I don't need a controller to do so. So we'll mess with some zones on the mimophone um, and the, change some, some of the parameters on the uh, Fumana too and see what happens. Sweet. Thank you. 
going to be annoying and ask you a question really quick. No, go for it. Actually, I, I didn't realize the maestro was in the performer, and that's why we keep hearing that tape stop, and I was trying to figure out why that was occurring. I don't remember where Oh, well, that was going to be my question, because I think it sounds really cool. And I was wondering if, is the whole, the whole thing running through the tape stop, and is that the abrupt like thing that starts back up? It so is, it, like, yeah, it slows the, to a stop, and then everything kind of abruptly comes back on? That's right. And is that a mod? Is that modulated? That the speed of the stop and when it comes back on? Not modulated at this point. At this point, I think it's. Um, yeah, no, I can I can control it though. I, I could modulate it, but with that, if I wanted to make it faster. So yeah, normally I wouldn't have that going on that often. But you can control the, the speed that's happening with it. So it's a little slower there. <laughs> uh-huh. It really works with this patch because it's, it's, it's like kind of like um, a juxtaposition of concepts, like this kind of like ambient bed to this kind of like abrupt thing that happens. I yeah, dig it. And I think if, it, you know, if I was using that because of how abrupt it is, and I would want to retain some of that character, but it comes back in the way that it does as well. Uh, probably um, either, I'd most likely either utilize the performer's delay or, re or glitch and mm -hmm. just to change kind of the, 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 the parameters of how that's occurring. Right. Right now I had, I believe I had a... Yeah, I, I don't remember what it was through. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's super effective with the drums. funny you talk about you were like not wanting it to necessarily be that often but then like when the drum beat comes in it seems like it really works and that's like one of those examples of like when modular kind of serves something up to you it's like i didn't mean that to happen but it's really cool <laughs> yeah no totally and I, I maybe it's not that it wasn't often it's that i didn't realize where the modulation is occurring from so what i did <laughs> is i just pulled it out and I just uh -huh. started using it manually. So then I, oh, could, I, see. I could time okay. it. So I was pushing the, uh, the, the cool thing about the performer are those four arcade buttons, obviously. And so with the tape stop, I, I didn't know what was, because I'm, like I said, put this together last Saturday, forgot which mm -hmm. one is to it. So yeah, okay, fine. The big case, I get it. You don't know where <laughs> things are coming from. I understand. But once you, if, if, <laughs> if you're playing it, then you, then you kind of, well, <laughs> You, you would know when you're doing a live performance or when you're recording. So in this case, though, I just pulled it out. And then with that stop, I think, uh, what was it, track two? So you can, you can just push it, and you can change the speed. Oh, my gosh. You're really selling me on this performer right now. So that's the glitch.
So you can use the, the effects simultaneously on one sound? Yeah, so I have the reverb on all the time. If I wanted the... That's the delay. Glitch. Tape stop. So I think it's, I don't think it's simultaneously. I haven't really tried. I think it's whatever the most recent one that you're pushing. Well, no, because the reverb's on the whole time. Gotta check that, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I still have modules that are like my main modules that I'm like, I don't know what that does. So that's me holding the glitch. Okay. And then if I hit tape stop while I'm holding it. Okay, okay. And what's the drum beat coming from? Uh, drum beat is just a simulator. Not much going on with that. I have uh, a couple of the C CV points. I, uh, often on my drums, I do a lot of pitch variation to kind of make it interesting. So the, there's pitch CV going on on, on the snare uh, and some of the a few of the other portions of it, the, the rim shots and the uh, hi-hats and things like that. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that stood out to me on all your albums is you're really you're really good with drums and and I think you alluded to it earlier like running each you're not just running the full beat into one track you're you're separating all that and compressing them all differently and different effects and everything and and I think if you're going to go if you're going to do drums that's like that I think that's the best way to do it it's just treat each each hit as its own or each part of the kit as its own voice and really dial that in. Yeah. I, I mean, that's where I'm going. I, I, but my first three albums were more cut and dry. Um, mm -hmm. They were running through effects and they, you know, I did a lot with the auto bit um, from Maris to create some stutter effects and things like that. Um, but there, and there was a little bit of individual drums going out, but it's really after this last album that I really started playing with that more. I started listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Tipper, but uh, I don't think so. I, I found out I don't I don't believe he does any modular, but his drums, there there was just this cool thing that I just kept hearing is just this these hits would have this you could hear the LFO you could hear it just it was a very organic feel of it speeding up and slowing down so it would be like and and then while the regular drum beats going on I'm like oh I can definitely find a way to, to mimic that in modular and so that kind of led me through running through these different paths of you know what, what what ways can i make it a little bit more interesting and so just just recently and this this is definitely not an example of that but running it through i'm going to take this run that through my 500 series transient designer i'm going to run the the kick drum through um you know whether it be the culture uh, uh culture vulture um for some really distortion and then each but really taking care of every single track and mm -hmm. i realized you don't have to do like you don't have to have a million different changes in your drum programming you can do so much with a good polymeter going on and then mm -hmm. also just running it through and just playing with the effects just like you do with any kind of you know especially in modular generative music or melodies are so big 
it changes on its own, but what else makes it interesting besides the melody changes is just the constant modulation. So how can I do that with drums but not overdo it? And that's what I've been kind of concentrating on. So I think my next album, it's funny because when I got into modular, all I wanted to do was straight ambient and nothing, no, no <laughs> drums, nothing else. And now all, all I can think about is drums. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you, I, don't, I don't even want to try to tell you about something else if you don't have it because I don't want to give you more gas. But um, <laughs> the SSF Entity Percussion is one of the funnest drum modules I've ever used. Is it? Oh, my God. What do you, what do you think is so great about cool. it? What's that? What do you think is great about it? Um, it? It's like it reminds me of, well, not in sound at all. It's, it doesn't sound anything like the, the BIA, the Basimilis Ateritas. Um, it's, I, I feel like it's kind of like an analog cousin of BIA, only in the sense of you can do so much cool modulation to it um, to where you could like make full beats out of one. You know, if you modulate it in the right way, you could make something that's definitely sounds like a, a couple different modules going at once. It just, and it just sounds good. Just everything that SSF does, I think, is like... So it's just state of the art as far as I'm concerned. I don't think I Super looked impressed. into that one. So yeah, thanks. Great. I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go well, you're going to love this because there's the percussion entity and then there's the, um, the entity bass drum. So there's two percussions. There's like the general percussion and the bass. Um, I have just the general percussion because you can get a really solid bass out of it. Yeah. So I, I haven't even looked into the bass one because I'm, I'm afraid of spending more money, but yeah, I, I started looking at their new mixer and I was like, Oh God, that stereo, <laughs> that stereo one they just put out. That's that thing's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, maybe I should get Andrew on again. He's, it's been a while. Um, well, cool, man. This is, this flew by. Yeah, it did. Um, but you know, we got a few more minutes. Um, is there anything about this patch that you wanted that you haven't expressed or anything like that? Cause, uh, I want to give you the last word on it. On the patch, um, no, I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's really just for, for me that this is the kind of the cool part for, I, I love making albums and I love, you know, I've been doing one a year for three years and I'd like to increase that output. But at the same time, I'm not rushing it because really that once you get that out, you got that, you know, breath, you take a breath and exploring these different ways of doing things and it's so great being part of this community and you know mm -hmm. whether it just be on instagram or whether it be on discord and all the great things on there or just especially all these you know modular world colorado modular synth society new york what all those different things that you can go on and just chat with people and just seeing what their approach is and taking the time you know for for a lot of when i'm creating an album I'm so involved in creating the album that I'm, I'm, I'm listening to myself. That's what I listen to in the car. Cause I want to, yeah. you know, I want to change it. Or oh no, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're making an album, like all you listen to is your own music because yeah, you're checking exactly. mixes constantly. <laughs> so the, the, these are those breathers in between that inspire me. Like I, I love just taking that time and like, okay, what, what I, I've, you know, I bought this album and this album on the band camp day and I haven't really given it the proper listen time to go sit down and do that and get inspiration from that and then get inspiration just from different patching ideas from this is the way that I've done it and it's so easy to get in anything in life that this is the way that I've done it so that's the way that it is but if you can't yeah. explain why it is you do something then there's probably a reason you need to look back into it and figure out why it is because I, I just got in that habit I just said well the first thing you do is sit down and you sequence 
a melody. I'm like, well, no, why? That's I, I keep that's the most frustrating thing in the world for me because I like I said I it just sounds like ding 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 and uh-huh. it doesn't sound like anything and so no matter how good the melody is it still sounds like crap so let me <laughs> <laughs> let me reverse engineer it and get the cool animation going on and like okay cool I like that fourth how do I make that really sing and pull the other ones out and that's what you know really what what, what I'm t- talking about with the subtractive type synthesis is just being able to find what I like inside the mess and then cleaning mm-hmm. up that mess. And that's what I'm liking right now, which I did not approach my first three albums like that. So it'll be interesting to to see what's next. Well, I like that too, because it's a way of keeping yourself, um, you know, like you said, interested in it. And, um, and it also will keep your, your, your albums kind of a, a fresh, a fresh new thing each time, you know, like I, I'm convinced that, you know, there's, there's some through line with most artists where it, there's always going to be a piece of you in everything that you make. Yeah. So even if you try to make something that's not, that's totally different than what you do, there's still going to be a piece of you in it. So I think it's, it's a cool way to approach keeping, keeping yourself uh, creatively honest and, um, and making, you know, stuff that is still exciting to you. Cause it's, it's different enough from the last thing that you made. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think there's, it, it was interesting to, I hadn't listened to my old stuff for a long time and, I went to the mountains recently and I had a long drive ahead of me, so I just listened to all three back to back and they sound so similar but so different, but I liked the fact that they had that similarity in there because I was like, mm-hmm. I guess that's I guess that's my sound. I didn't really go out and say that this is how I plan to do it and I, I constantly want to evolve that and get it and obviously make it better and, and different. But it was interesting to hear that, like those similarities that I did not think would be there three or four years later and they're still there in a, in a lot mm-hmm. of sense, but just changed and evolved and i really like that aspect of it like uh, these three albums that i've done so far are all similar in the overall concepts and style and this year um i think i'm going to do more eps that break away from that i've i've been waiting to do my ambient ep no drums and so (laughs) i'm I'm gonna do that and i've been waiting to do my modular with vocals and so i'm going to do that as well so oh, you're gonna do some vocals. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Uh, I've, I've I've heard a lot of people say that recently. So maybe 2021 is the year of the modular albums with vocals. Maybe on. so. I mean, you, you saw Etai with his Pixies cover and the stuff that he's uh-huh. been doing. But yeah, this and has been Alex's online. album uh, yeah. or that EP that he did. Yeah, the, the he, summertime. Alex is killing it with on the, on the singing on that. And I think that I mean for me, I it, it was always a, something I was thinking about and always something I wanted to do. And mine's gonna be. I guess you could say a cross between the national Nick Cave and Deftones, all kind of Ooh, blended together. That sounds that sounds intriguing. Yeah, it'll be some deep voices and some screaming, and then I guess you'd also have to throw in some maybe uh, Radiohead or Sleep Party people or something with because there's going to be a lot of affected vocals as well. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not the best singer That's, in the world. Yeah, I used to be a singer. I've sang in a couple bands, and I've. My wife's always like, I want you to make something with singing in it. And I'm just like, uh, I don't think it would fit in here. But I'm, I'm kind of always kind of batting around in my head, like, could I make it work? But maybe uh, maybe having a few other people do it first will give me the courage to do it. So Yeah, I think, I'm gonna, I think you'll, whatever I do put out next, you'll probably hear the beginning of that because I'm having a ton of fun just running this mic through you know, effects and just mm-hmm. mo- and different modulation filters and things like that. So I think I'll start it off as using it as an instrument and then I'll figure out how I want to blend the two 
so that I don't think because I don't think it's going to be just me just straight singing. I think there'll be portions of that and then it'll just go off into some craziness and tons of reverb and modulation and then maybe start screaming and <laughs> <laughs> well i would Who like knows? to see like a, a, a f- like a fake empire cover from you or something like that yeah yeah i actually uh, that that was probably um what's a fake imp- no uh, th- there's some on my instagram from a while back um where the national was the first one i actually sang over modular i just remember that but yeah oh nice yeah well, what, what, well, I guess you kind of just told us what we have to look forward to from you um, in the coming months. But um, sounds like you got yourself a permanent gig on Modular World, so that's pretty cool. Um, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know or anything you'd like to scream from the Modular Mountaintops? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that gig's permanent. Jono's a real slave driver, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> just the way he treats his, his people is just ridiculous. You never, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can handle it much longer, but no, Jono's a great I heard he's a real Ellen DeGeneres about <laughs> he it. He is. He totally is. He, he is more El, Ellen DeGeneres than anybody knows, and he has the horse <laughs> face. So I... I, I yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I, I love John. For anybody who hasn't jumped on any of the, the live streams with, with all of us, we, we, we like to poke fun at each other. We do. It's good we fun. Do. It's, all, it's all in good fun. I, I love John. Um, but yeah, no, 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 that's pretty much it. I mean, I've been doing, I'm going to be continue doing that. I'm, I'm doing a lot more with my YouTube. I'm doing a lot more with uh, recording. I'm, I'm trying to get my, my cinema game up and my uh, video game up and just kind of learning a lot more of that. Got some new cameras and things like that. So hope to be doing, you know, similar to the stuff you've been doing, which I've been hugely enjoying. It's, it's such a refreshing uh, a way to just view it and listen to it. And it's the cinematography mixed with what you're doing and all in live and settings. And it's, it's great. So I've been really enjoying that. So yeah, besides that, I'm just um, trying to, uh, uh, trying to reset my my year but of course you know capital gets overrun yesterday I mean, we got yeah. we got some <laughs> some some horseman or whatever he is <laughs> running around with face paint in the capital and just trying yeah, to get my head around that something like, else uh, you know yeah, who uh, knows who knows what's happening on monday by yeah, the time everybody's no, listening exactly to this. never this year's <laughs> full of surprises it, you, you think there's going to be a hard reset for some reason at midnight on january yeah. first that's not how it works <laughs> Yeah, I know. 2020 was going well for what five days. Yep. Yeah, we were, we were actually going to do this yesterday, but I I sent just for the listener, I sent you a message, and I was like, "Are you, are you still up for it?" And you're like, "Yeah, if you are." And I was like, "Yeah, crazy day." And you're like, "What happened?" Yeah, no. So I you were in a meeting, so I just sent you a picture of that crazy dude with the the bison horns and the fur hat inside yep. the Capitol, and you're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> No, crazy times. Uh, you think yeah. things are getting going to change, and then you see shit like that, and you're like, oh, well, that's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still hoping for the best. Still think that the, at least the change is coming, at least, you know. Yeah, maybe, least, hopefully that's some sort of swan song, but I don't hopefully, know. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we don't have to get into that. Well, dude, thank you so much <laughs> for your time. Thanks I for really appreciate it, and I know the the audience is going to love it. And if they want to get a hold of you to ask questions about any of this, uh, well, can they do that? And if so, where do they do that? Uh, you'd reach out to John O'Wells and ask him any question. <laughs> He's my agent and he will answer. <laughs> uh, you can uh, hit me up on Instagram on whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. All right. Thanks again, man. Have, <laughs> thanks. A, have a good evening. Appreciate it. All right. That's our episode. Thank you so much to Gerald Fjord for coming on the show. Um, go to modular worlds, YouTube page, um, and check out uh, the performance that we did the other night. Uh, 
Gerald is on there uh, showing off his, his patch that he started with us and you get to see that kind of a little bit more fully fleshed out and you get to see uh, some cool performances I did um, and there, this, every performance was amazing so yeah modular world on YouTube I'll drop a link in the description don't forget to check out modbang cables the glow-in-the-dark cables it's all I use um, patchworks.com p-h-e-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com needhamwoodworks.com for the finest Eurorack cases in the land and of course after later audio um, and don't forget to check out Ritual Electronics. I'm just so blown away with everything they do from the sound to the build quality to the uh, the design aesthetic. Just all top-notch stuff. Uh, I think that's about all I have to say for today. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week.